supporting you in your dog parenting journey. The Dynamic Dog Owner with Debbie Potter. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Dynamic Dog Owner. Um, I hope that you are enjoying listening to the Dynamic Dog Owner. It's a very weird thing to do, make a podcast, because you don't get to speak to anyone and you don't often get much feedback other than your listening stats. Um, And it's really weird sitting in a room by yourself, just nattering away to yourself and you kind of getting lost in your own little monologue of of world. Um, So don't forget, please, if you have any feedback, positive or negative, you regrow from negatives, don't forget, please do share it with me. If there's any topic that you really want me to discuss, then tell me. Drop it in um, the comments if you've got comment function on where you're listening. Head over to our Instagram at the Dynamic Dog Owner and tell us what you think and what you'd like to hear more of. Um, that way the podcast can stay being relevant and useful to you. So today's episode is about when to get another dog. And I say another because it might be your second, it might be your third, it might be your fourth. Who knows? When to get another one. Um, it's a big question. It's a question I have been asked many times. When do I get another dog? Can I get a second one? Um, so we're going to explore that a little bit today. So generally you get your dog. Um, you absolutely love having a dog. Uh, you think it's going really well. And you think, well, shall I get a second one? And this happens at different stages, I find. People either do it like six months after they've had their puppy and go, I really enjoyed it, let's have another one. Or they wait until their dog's really old and then go, well, I want another one before we have to say goodbye to the first one. So there's many, many reasons, but we're going to explain why and what things to consider when you are looking at getting another dog. So firstly, it's what are your reasons? Why do you want another dog? If it's because you've got a dog, you love it, you love living with it, you think it's great, you want it to have a friend, you want more dogs because you love them, brilliant. If it's because you've really enjoyed puppyhood and you haven't travelled through adolescence yet, I would hold fire. Um, And if it's because you've got an older dog and you don't want to not have a dog in the house, I totally get that, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. But we do have to consider the age again like we have to I would suggest wait until after adolescence when you've got an elderly dog it's best to get another dog before they become too old um, and then it can affect their quality of life when they're too old they don't want a puppy bouncing around so just think about your older dog are they still active are they going to tolerate a younger dog joining in the family um, and just consider that um, but if it is because you know you've had dog you're at that right stage and you really really want another dog brilliant If it's because you have issues with the first dog or the second dog or the third dog um, and you think getting a second dog will help your first dog, it may be that you think they'll be less excited around other dogs. They won't have desire to run off and say hi to everyone because they've got their own playmate at home. It may be that they're not very good being on loan when you go out and you think, well, if there's two of them, they'll have each other for company. Just be prepared So on paper, that sounds a really good suggestion, but that might not actually happen. That might not be the case. So I've lived it. My first dog, um, he needed to be around other dogs and he actually, it helped him having a second dog. Um, I wanted a second dog because 
I liked one. <laughs> and he came to me with another dog in the house. He still had separation and attachment issues, even though he was in a multi-dog household. So having two dogs doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to have separation or confidence alone issues. Um, often it's because you've got a dog that you have issues with in terms of the fact that you think, oh, well, if we get another one, they'll they'll copy each other's good habits. Um, I find majority of the time, yes, of course, they do copy some good habits, but equally they do copy the bad habits as well. Um, so if your dog has got bad habits, be prepared that a future dog is likely to copy them because they'll see one act in one way and go, well, I wonder what happens if I do that. Um, classic is one of mine was copied recently um one of the other's bad habits dave has a terrible lockdown habit um and it's purely because in lockdown we did all of our training online and i was on zoom most of the day which was exhausting um and he'd come in and be like oh hi mum woof and i'm like no be quiet so i'd give him something to help him be quiet and then he'd go mum's talking there must be a chew or a toy or something on offer um and i'm still trying to break this habit that whenever the phone rings (laughs) Or whenever I'm on talking to somebody, he starts barking because he wants me to make him be quiet. We're working on it. It's getting better. But the other dogs or one of the other dogs has started going, well, I think I'll join in. So I now have two doing it. Um, But we're slowly, slowly making improvements. Um, So sometimes they do copy the bad stuff as well as the good. They do copy some good stuff too. So there are so many. First, you know, what are your reasons? And just check that your reasons are valid and they are realistic. So if it's because you really like dogs and you want to put in work for another one, brilliant. If it's to fix a problem, just be prepared. It might not happen. So there are so many things to consider. Um, many, many things to consider. And firstly, is if your first dog is a really fabulous dog, brilliant. Um, if they're really well behaved, they don't put on the lead, they don't do anything naughty, just be prepared that you may have been lulled into a false sense of security. Your second dog might not be quite that easy. They might be, um, you know, it may be you and you may have wonderful, well-behaved, chilled out, happy dogs. But every dog is different and every dog comes with its own challenges. So just be prepared. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you never know. If your first dog has been an angel, be prepared the second one might not be quite as plain sailing. Timing is a really big issue. So when does it actually happen? Something that I feel is important to consider and and use as a factor is where is my current dog at? So are they at the right stage of their development? Are we happy, you know, 75, 80% of what they do? If you've got a lot of problems or a lot of areas you would like to address with your first dog, they still need a lot of your attention. So for me, it's when my current dogs are all in a good place. So for me, that is, you know, they are toilet trained. um, They listen to me. They are responsive. They walk okay on the lead. They sleep well. um, Recall's okay. They've got a nice dynamic. They know how to chill out in the house. Um... For me, it tends to be around the two-year mark that I go, we're all good, um, which is dangerous. Um, (laughs) We're at the two-year mark now. It's dangerous per territory. Um, But by two, you've you've had those basics. They're sleeping through the night. They're toilet trained. They've done all of that stuff. 
Um, they've been through the worst part of their adolescence. So their character's starting to settle down. You're starting to understand a little bit about who they are. They're starting to chill out more and just be a little bit more um, easygoing, I suppose. And at that point, hopefully, they are, you know, 75% there with their training. And it's never going to be perfect because there's always things to work on. But the essential stuff is done and out of the way. They don't need as much of your attention. And then you've got the time to focus your energy into a new puppy. Because we all know puppies, dogs, new dogs take a lot of energy in those first few months to a year or even two years where you're teaching them so many new things. So we need to have that time to be able to do that. So for me, I say it's when the others in the house are at a good place. Some things to consider. Now, obviously, I've only ever welcomed a puppy into the house. I've never welcomed a rescue dog into a multi-dog house personally i've had rescue dogs who've come in as a sole dog but i've not had a rescue dog come into an established dog house so i look at it from a puppy perspective um which may not be relevant to everybody when you get a new puppy or a new dog it needs time to settle in so it needs time to settle into the house um to know your ways to learn all the things it needs to learn but equally when you've got more than one dog it also takes time for those group dynamics to settle. So it may be that you've got the puppy new dog settling in thing happening, so all those tasks, and also the dynamics of the new household with all the other dogs as well. So that can look very different depending on the dynamics in your home, whether your existing dogs are dog-friendly um, whether they're dog friendly, but they don't want them in the house. I don't mind seeing them on the walk, but why are you in my home? Um, it may be that they are a little bit nervous of puppies or a little bit weird around the new dog. It takes a while to get to know each other and make a friendship, which it would with all of us, let's face it. Um, so my experiences of welcoming puppies, Dave settled straight in. We had an old dog. He was probably a little bit too full on for the older dog. I should have done it sooner. Um, Rem settled into the household instantly. Dave adored him. Within two days, they were playing and busy mates. Um, amazing. My mum got a puppy and Rem was terrified. Absolutely terrified of this tiny little puppy. Um, Sherb wanted nothing more than to just love him and cuddle up with him. Um, Rem was like, it's moving. What do I do with it? Ah, And he would jump on the dining table and lay on the dining table because it was the only place the puppy couldn't get him. And he was literally terrified. Um, it took him a couple of months to get he was a very small puppy uh, it took him a couple of months to get used to him um now they have the nicest friendship um sherby goes and snuggles up to him um and rem quite likes him now but it took a lot of time obviously we only see sherby for half the week so they didn't have 24 7 together it was only two days a week um where they were together but it took a little bit of time so when I had my third dog, I obviously had Dave and Rem. And I thought, well, Dave loved having a puppy um, when Rem came along. Sherby settled in. Rem got over him. Um, what's going to be any different? Fred joined the family and Dave couldn't stand him. He was like, what the hell have you got me another one for? I don't want another dog. Um, and for the first month, he was not impressed. 
Um, anytime Fred so much as looked in Dave's direction, Dave would like growl at him, like, don't come near me. And it, I was a little bit concerned. I was like, oh dear, this is not um, how quite what I thought would happen. Um, so it took time for obviously Fred to settle in, but for Dave to go, okay, he's allowed. He really didn't take to Fred. I don't know why. I don't know what was different. Um, but he was not happy. Obviously, he was two years older. Um, but he was not happy. And I had to put a lot of measures in place to give Dave the confidence that the puppy was not going to annoy him. Now, two years later, again, they get on brilliantly. But it took a little bit longer for their relationship to form. Um, so you've got that extra added factor. There's a lot to consider. It's not just welcoming in a puppy. It's those group dynamics two having your groups two or three or four or however many dogs you want in your house basically more the barrier um it's important really important for our dogs to get on and be friends obviously as i've just established with my guys finally getting their dynamics um but equally it's incredibly important for them to be independent from each other often when you have a multi-dog household it's like well we'll take all the dogs out and we'll take all the dogs here and we'll do this with all the dogs and they do everything together. But there are going to be times when they are not together, whether that be for sad reasons that obviously one um, passes away, um, whether that be because one has to go to the vets, um, whether one um, is injured and can't go out on walks, for example. There are going to be times when they aren't together. So it's actually really important to prepare them for that it's not fair on a multi-dog household for them to all be together all the time and never learn to be independent of each other so what this means in my house is that I do a lot of things separately for each of my dogs which takes more time so for many reasons if I'm going on a lead walk I rarely take all my dogs, I never take all of my dogs together and I rarely take two. So generally if I'm going on a lead walk where they are to remain on lead, I will only take one dog at a time. One, I like having one-on-one time with them, it's really enjoyable just to have one dog. Two, they are all so different. Each one is incredibly different in terms of what they are working on, what struggles they have. So they're all quirky in their own ways um, and they all need individual time to work on those things as an individual without feeding off of each other. Because dogs do feed off of each other's energy, especially when you have more than one. Um, because when they woof, they're going, oh, there's something over there. The other one goes, oh, it's there. What's that? And they join in more often than not. <laughs> so they do feed off of each other's energy. Rem does not bark at people or anything, really. Yeah, if you take him for a walk with Dave, who woofs, he just starts barking at stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? That's not you. You don't do that. So to make sure those things don't become a habit, they get walked out separately. So that takes more time. But they equally learn to go and do things one-on-one. With Not just with walks, but I take my dogs out individually. I make an effort to take them out individually. So they have time out with me one-on-one. The others have time alone as a duo without the third one. So it's, an, again, a different dynamic. So if you've got two dogs, it's, it's relatively easy. You take one, you leave one. When you've got three or more, 
you then have multiple combinations. Well, I'll take you out and leave you two at home. I'll take you out and leave you two at home. But again, it's just getting them used to the different dynamics. And it does take a lot of time. I will take one dog to work with me. Because A, if I brought all three, I wouldn't get any work done. Because um, I'd be too busy going, boy, stop playing. Stop mucking around. Um, so they come one at a time. I get one-on-one -on -one time with them at work. The other two get a day without the other two. They do miss them. And they're different dynamics, depending on who I take. It's really interesting. They have individual classes that we go to. So again, they have one-on-one -on -one time with me. For that, they see dogs, they practice stuff, they travel alone in the car to come to class. Again, they have different combinations. It's all really good to make them used to being on their own and not always being as part of a trio. They have individual vet appointments. So when they come to come in their vaccinations, I don't take them all together. Because again, I want them to go to the vet by themselves, not always have their mate in the car. I want them to have that individual confidence to grow. Equally, dogs are different. They all have different characters. No two dogs are the same. Again, check the other episode out about that. Um, but they may be just like we have kids. You know, kids have different hobbies, different interests, different friendship groups. Your dog might be the same. They may have things that they really like doing, but the others don't. They may be confident in some areas and lacking confidence in others. Individual time helps their individual character to grow and for them to have their own identity. And therefore, they're not always just being dragged along because the other ones like something. So, for example, when um, so Dave loves or loved swimming, he doesn't like it as much now he's got older. Um, we used to always hire the swimming pool for him and take him. When Rem came along, we tried to take Rem. And he was like, nope, I don't like it. Thank you very much. Rather than forcing Rem to go every time, we went, OK, cool, it's Dave's thing. Rem stay at home take Dave on his own. So Dave got to go and do it as an individual because it wasn't something Rem enjoyed. Over time, about a year later, Rem changed his mind and he said, actually, I really like swimming. So now it's something they all do together. But for a time it wasn't. And that was okay because again, they had individual time to be individuals. And this is really, really important so that if you end up in a situation where you do have to have one of the dogs on their own, it's not a big deal. They're used to it and it's not a massive change. When it comes to training, you may think, cool, two dogs, two trainings. We'll just train one and then we'll train the other. But training two dogs is not double the work, it's triple the work. You have to train dog number one to do something on its own. You have to train dog number two to do it on its own. Then you have to say, can you do it together at the same time? Or can one of you be doing this while the other one's doing that? So it's triple the work. When you get into multi-dog households, I believe if I've worked it out correctly, three dogs is seven times the work of having one. That's why I have no time for anything. Um, because you have to train all the dogs individually. So that's one dog, two dog, three dogs. They all have three individual training sessions, one at a time. Can you all do it by yourself? You've then got the different duos. So for example, for me, it would be Dave and Rem together, then Rem and Fred together, then Fred and Dave together. So that's three different combinations of duos. And then you've got all three together. So can all three of them do this thing at the same time? So it could be something simple, like chilling out under the table while we eat dinner. One of you can do it, one of you can't. When we put you together, you copy each other's behaviour and one who can feeds off of the other one. That's not going to work. So we then have to do all of it together, all the individuals, and then all together so that you can enjoy a meal. That's seven times the work for the same outcome. 
So have you got the time to dedicate three times the amount for training? Or if you're going into the three dogs, seven times the work of having one. It's a really important factor to consider because you don't want to get another or a third dog and then go, I haven't got time for this. This is far bigger than I expected. So there's an awful lot to consider. Not just, I really like dogs. I mean, I really love dogs. You've then also got the financial implications. I personally didn't find one to two dogs very expensive. Two to three, I went, cool, that's expensive now. Um, because you're feeding three mouthfuls. You're three lots of chews, three leads, three beds. You can't find anywhere to go on holiday. It's really hard to get holiday cottages that let more than two dogs in. You've then got vaccination time of year. All of them are at the same time. It costs a lot of money. So you've got all of those other implications to factor in. Not just that, but is my car big enough for two or three dogs? Have I got enough room on the bed? You might have to buy, I had to buy a bigger bed. Um, (laughs) All these little life things. Have you got enough room in your living room for three beds? Lots of things to consider, not just I really like my dog and I'd like a second one. So think about not just your desires. Me and my husband have a lot of conflict about this. I would love another dog. He would love another dog. But his head rules more than my heart. So we know right now we can't have a fourth dog. It's just not a possibility. At some point in the future we might. Um, but it's a really hard because you you love dogs. You want to be around them. You want more of them. But it is there is a lot more to consider than just obviously our emotions. Your finances, the dog's welfare, the dog's benefit, how much time you've got. So many things to factor in. So if you are considering getting another dog... A, it's exciting, but just stop and have this little sense check of, you know, why, why? What are the reasons? Why do you really want another dog? Is it going to work out well with your current dog's personalities and characters? Um, Are they where you want them to be in terms of training and sort of lifestyle, etc.? Do you have time to do individual activities with them because it's going to be beneficial for them long term do you have the finances the space and everything else if you can answer yes to everything why not try loving a friend's dog if your dog's obviously it would tolerate that for a few weeks and see or while they go on holiday see what it's like having two or three volunteer to walk a friend's dog if your dog gets on and see what it's like walking two or three dogs test the water before rushing in And don't try and fix your current dog's issues or areas of development by getting a second dog or a third dog because it's unlikely to work. Um, Obviously, if you tick all the boxes, wicked, get another dog. Um, if If you can tick every single box and go, yep, I've logically and rationally thought all this through, do it. Um, Why not? But just there's a lot more to consider than certainly some people think. So it's just a a little food for thought. Um, Hopefully that's been really useful. If you are on Facebook and want to hear a little bit more from us and the team at Potter Paws, do head over to our Facebook group, Potter Paws Dog Training Community. It's a Facebook group for people to talk about their dogs. um, And there's a lot of uh, different conversations that happen, recommendations um, and training support advice and live videos. Um, Absolutely free group to join. I'll pop a link in the description of this podcast. So if you want to have a little look and join us, um, I hope to see you there. 
Thank you for listening to The Dynamic Dog Owner with me, Debbie Potter. See you next time. Bye.